Welcome to Cycling Life, the Bigfoot Cycle Club podcast. Hello, I'm Eddie Ivy. Today we're back in France, travelling the entire length of the country from north to south, from Saint Malo to Nice, in the company of Bigfoot members Steve Riley, Trevor Richards, and Avantis Martin Davy. It's hard to remember now, as summer limps to a soggy end, that we had the hottest June day since 1976 as they loaded up their bikes for the two week journey. In the next half hour or so, you'll hear about the daily search for food when rural France is shut, how to keep your garment charged when you're camping, and tips for drying your washing on the go. And of course, there are all the sights and sounds from a wonderful ride through some spectacular countryside. The audio diary starts off with Steve. This is the first broadcast um, on our epic trip from San Marlo to Nice, um, cycling over a thousand miles over uh, two weeks. This uh, trip was really instigated by Steve persuading, or perhaps coercing, Martin and um, Trevor that they really did need to do this, and it was a better idea than doing Lands End John O'Groats. Our plan started probably six months ago. I've actually gone out and purchased a touring bike to do this. Martin had a bike which is converted and put new um, gearing on and Trevor has stuck with his gearing which I think he might be a little bit concerned about now and put heavy panniers on but uh, we'll see. We're sitting in uh, Veach which is a medieval town about 140k from San Marlo so we've just done our first day and uh, absolutely beautiful with blue skies quite a hot trip I ended up getting a little bit um, overheated and dehydrated, but um, I'm going to learn from that and uh, have a bit more water tomorrow. Anyway, over to Trevor. Beautiful weather, riding in beautiful France, quiet roads, courteous drivers. Um, We're camping, so we're carrying everything that we need for our two-week trip unsupported. So we've got tents, we've got sleeping bags, we've got little cooking stoves, tea bags, the, the works. So um, it's going to be an adventure because I haven't actually camped since 1983. But um, the downside of camping is that you've got to carry the weight for a thousand miles. And I think we're all carrying about 15 kilos more than we would on a bike for a, for a, uh, a club trip or a club ride. Um, but my legs didn't really work very well the first uh, 50 miles. But we're, we're sort of getting used to it. And I think uh, hopefully tomorrow... And onwards, we will start to get uh, the, the, get used to the bike and get used to the weight, and not try to be too ambitious on the hills. Just uh, <laughs> take it steady. But Steve's right. I wish now I th- I'm a bit nervous about the gearing that I've stuck with from my normal compact with a 32 cassette on the back. It might not be enough for some of the steep climbs that we've got with the weight on. But we'll grind to the top, and I'm sure we'll get there in the end. Anyway, I'll pass you over to Martin. He can say a few things about his uh, adventure today <laughs> as normal the 140k 80k of it was into a headwind <laughs> um, Steve promised us a westerly and we got a southerly it's interesting with panniers very hard work so we're just taking it nice and easy I think we averaged about 11 mile an hour today which is very good speed we cycled for I cycled for about 8 hours Anyway, I don't like to be rude, but dinner's turned up. Cheers. (laughs) 
initial idea for this route to ride the, from San Marlo to Nice was, was due to a book called Farts on Velo, uh, written by a lady called Hannah Reynolds. Um, and it gives you a, a, a very detailed day-by-day um, breakdown of the journey. Lots of great photos, lots of ideas about what to do when you're travelling, where to stop, campsites, where to eat, uh, how long the stages are. And what we've done is we've combined some of the stages together to turn it into a, a two-week route. The only thing that we have discovered is that the... The amount of climb that um, Hannah states in the book is probably only 50% of what there actually is there. Uh, that's not the end of the world, but it, it does mean that we're doing an awful lot more climbing than we thought we were going to be. And Trevor's going to tell you about day two in terms of the, the route that we took and a little bit more about the cycling we did. Day two of our French adventure. We left Vitre at about 8.30 in the morning on our way to brissac coincy which is a distance of about 140 kilometres. Um, we found that it was quite rolling countryside most of the way. Um, lots of uh, it's, it's horse riding country, horse breeding country. So there's lots of uh, horses and foals in the fields as we went by. A fantastic weather most of the time yesterday uh, on day two. And um, after about three quarters of the route, we dropped down into the Loire Valley and followed the Loire Valley all and through the islands to our destination for that evening. Unfortunately, we were travelling through France on a Sunday, and having been warned by um, the book that uh, most places close at lunchtime, um, we did make uh, plans to get provisions at a boulangerie. We got bread and cheese and various bits and pieces, and some of the... Uh, Parry breast cakes, which are shaped in the like shoe pastry with some cream in, shaped like a bicycle wheel. Those were um, tasted pretty good, I believe. I didn't have one myself. But yeah, they were good. They were really good. Very good. And after something like eight hours riding, we arrived at our destination and saw a lady watering flowers outside a restaurant. And we went up and asked. You know, are you open tonight? And she said, no, of course not, not on a Sunday. And I said, is there anywhere open in this town on a Sunday? And no, there isn't. So we've discovered that certain places in France is absolutely closed on Sunday evening, so if you want food, you've got to take it with you. <laughs> so a lesson learned for next weekend. Fortunately, we got to the campsite just in time to uh, before they closed their little shop and we managed to cobble together enough food for three of us with some camping stoves and um, bits and pieces made pasta and and uh, some bolognese sauce and managed to get a decent meal out of it but more by luck than judgment I think. The tip for today was uh, on a Sunday make sure you take all the food you need with you because uh, quite often you'll not be able to buy it. My thing I remember of today is all the washing tied to our bikes. <laughs> Last night we didn't manage to dry our um, shorts very well and um, Steve, myself and Trevor all had our shorts and a shirt tied to the back of our bike at some point which was very effective. But again, absolutely beautiful day. Loads of wonderful, stunning countryside. 
Also, um, at one point we uh, we decided to pick up some um, bread, and uh, so we had uh, breadsticks um, attached to bikes as well as we were riding along. And, and our tip for today is um, just make sure when you pitch your tents, you don't sleep anywhere near someone who's snoring, as I happened to have done last night. So it's day four. We were rode from Pathway to Jordan. Um, it was supposed to be a nice easy day. Steve promised us an easy day. 62 <laughs> miles, 99 kilometres and 260 nine meters of climbing well don't trust steve it turned out to be a wonderful day lovely straight roads lots of rolling hills nothing too nothing too hard but um wasn't 269 it was nigh on 760 meters of climbing but it was wonderful originally we were going to have a ride leader per day who was um going to use their Garmin's because we were a bit worried about the um, battery power. Um, however, Martin has um, kindly been leading us for the entire route so far. And uh, as, as part of his uh, master plan, he's brought along three batteries with him, as well as a dynamo. Um, and the dynamo seems to be charging up the, um, uh, the Garmin's as we go. So it just seems to make sense to let Garmin, uh, let, um, Carmen's let Martin do the navigation and uh, it uh, basically means that uh, Trevor and I just have to sort of puff and pant behind him trying to keep up. The book gives you the, 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 the major towns but having a GPS route as well really has, has helped us a great deal. All I need to say now really is some of the sort of more practical things about riding through France at this time of year. It's um, for 13th of June and the tourist season hasn't really got started yet. And we're finding that uh, there's not very many places open, you know, particularly restaurants in the evening. We can uh, stay in a town like we did last night in Ile Jourdain. And there's literally only one place in the whole town that's open uh, for evening meals. And of course everybody's going there. There's not that many visitors, but there are quite a few people doing cycle tours and various other um, trips and that's literally one place in the whole town that was open last night and if we hadn't been able to find that we wouldn't have been able to eat because all the shops are closed the supermarkets are shut um, and that's an ongoing problem and uh, we've been traveling with a french guy for the last couple of days meeting in the evenings and he's saying that we're about to enter <laughs> one of the most sparsely populated uh, departments of france and that, that problem could get even worse so what we're finding we have to do is if we see a shop buy the stuff that we need for lunch and breakfast the next day and carry it with us which adds to the weight slows us down but at least we've got at least we've got we know we can eat um and which is you know vitally important if we're trying to do these sort of miles every day today wednesday um, we've cycled from Gendarme to brenton um it's been a 115, 120 kilometre day and uh, 1,500 metres of climbing. Again, a bit more than what it says in the book. But what we've all noticed today is the climbing has been longer and slightly steeper. Um, with a couple of climbs just over a mile long. Um, and what we, the other thing we've noticed is someone's turned the temperature up. 
it's got very very hot we've drunk loads uh, to a point we're virtually filling our both bottles up every other village or something now um, but it's good training climbing for the next couple of days because it's going to get long, more and more climbing and a bit more steeper I think we've um, seen some red squirrels which is great they seem very shy straight up the trees as soon as we see them but it's nice to see red squirrels because you obviously don't see those very much in the UK lots of cows lots of sheep dragonflies horses on the rivers we've seen uh, herons um, so it's been a, it's been a great variety and uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of the countryside as, as we pass through it well again I'm going to talk about the food situation we're now five days into our trip we've got another 10 days to go so we're about a third of the way through and um, the the route is amazing we're going through some wonderful wonderful countryside wonderful villages but as I said yesterday, most places are closed at this time of year. If you don't hit the between 7am and 1 o'clock in, in a certain village, then you're not going to be able to get lunch or you're not going to be able to get food. Today we've um, cycled 110 kilometres with just over a thousand metres of climbing, which was less than anticipated. We were expecting 1500, so it's made a nice change. Um, we've cycled from Brenton to Les Les Aisies de Tayac. <laughs> <laughs> Stopping for lunch in um, High Fort, Hawkefort, and we've had some beautiful sweeping descents today lovely lovely long again two three kilometer descents i thought i'd mention just a little bit um about the the the, the, the um, accommodation side of things um, for anyone who might be coming we decided to camp trevor wasn't quite so keen on the camping idea but i think he's coming around to oh, that slowly i'm getting used to the idea although he still does look quite sort of enviously at um nice hotels as we go past them the campsites so far, well up until today we'd been using the campsites as recommended in the book. We've gone to uh, municipal campsites which are very cheap, I mean one of them was about 12 euros for the three of us. Um, we've also gone to some commercial campsites which are a little bit more expensive but I mean you're only talking about 20 euros for three tents. Um, the one that we're staying at tonight has got a swimming pool, it's got a bar, um, although we haven't had a chance to use that um, and uh, great facilities the campsite that was in the book that we were going to stay at tonight as we came into the town we discovered was about two kilometers out of town and it was a mile climb at about sort of seven or eight percent to get there so we decided that was just a bit silly really I don't quite know why but just about every campsite we've gone to has been two kilometers outside town and uh, and it's always at the top of a hill but, uh, but there you go, that's part of the fun, I guess. Um, just to mention, it's getting extremely hot, so we're going to have a ridiculously early start tomorrow, and we've got our longest day tomorrow. Yeah, yeah tomorrow's a uh, probably 10-hour cycling day. We've got 92 miles, something like 144k to do, and the highest amount of climbing for the whole trip in one day. Um, we've just had a look at the profile, and it is a little bit frightening, I have to say particularly when we're all loaded up the way we are. 
But uh, today was really interesting because we followed one of the routes or the, one of the stages or part of the stage that's going to be used in the Tour de France and everybody's get, already getting excited. There's signs everywhere, there's um, shop windows painted to show, showing that, you know, that what's going to happen in, on the 11th of July in this area. And uh, you, know, you, can, you can almost feel the excitement building even though it's you know, nearly a month away before, that, before anything happens. One of the towns we went through, where we had lunch uh, this afternoon, um, the, um, you know, they're, they're resurfacing the whole of the centre of the town, they're rebuilding the bridge, surface bridge. of the bridge, new pavements, new paving everywhere, so there's, you know, there's a lot of investment that goes into some of these uh, towns when the tours come in their way. Anyway, it's getting a bit dark, we're off at uh, something like 5.30 in the morning, so that's the end of tonight's episode, and uh, we'll... We'll do uh, another episode in a couple of days' time. Probably not tomorrow night because we'll be knackered after such a long day. We've now been cycling for eight days and a big um, moment in the in, in the holiday was passed yesterday when we actually passed the halfway stage at just over the 500 mile point. Over the last two days um, we've seen a, a fairly dramatic change in scenery and um, the nature of the uh, of the ride. We've started to come across some quite um, interesting climbs. During yesterday we went past a, a very famous city called uh, Rocamador. Rocamador, yes. Rocamador, yeah, that's, um, yeah, Trevor's just... <laughs> Reading it upside down, but yes. <laughs> Agreed that my pronunciation is probably about right, um, which involved a, probably a 20-minute climb in boiling heat to uh, to get to the uh, uh, the top of the uh, the town, which is basically sort of perched um, on, on an outcrop of rock with lots of... Um, buildings right down into the valley. We then dropped into the valley, had a really lovely lunch, uh, but then had to climb back out again for another 15, 20 minutes, um, again in the boiling heat, um, only to then follow um, the road down into the next valley and climb out again. So it was quick, it was a tough day, but a rewarding one. Today we have, well I'll let Trevor talk a little bit about today because um, it's one of his favourite parts of the trip. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this section because we, we rode along the tributary of, of the Lot River and then a, along the Lot Valley itself, but up the valley rather than down it. So we were climbing all day. Um, we started off with a probably half-hour climb out of our overnight stop and then a bit of a descent and then gradual climbing for the rest of the day up the valley. Um, so, in actual fact, that, that was fairly easy because you, you don't really notice the gradient because it's so gradual. And then, um, just to finish the stage off, there was a, a, a massive, probably three quarters of an hour to an hour's mm. climb up, what, how, 400 metres was Four it? Meters, Four or 500 yeah. metre climb. So we're, 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 at, we're adding the altitude uh, day by day and then, uh, but I, I think that the route's been very well organised in that, um, the, the climb is coming towards the end uh, when you've actually got a few miles under the wheels and uh, your, your legs are actually more used to doing it than they maybe would have been if if we'd come straight out of San Marlo and trying to do these sort of hills in the first week. Uh, really, really 
great day. Very, very hot though, 36 degrees on the climbs this afternoon. So we just had to keep stopping to beg, borrow and steal water. <laughs> and I think we're also calling, today's ride I think we're calling the, the bread race because uh, the cafes and the boulangeries are getting further and further apart. And the one that we stopped at in the valley had already run out of bread at about 11 o'clock. Yeah. Um, and we were told the next one would close at 12.30. In the end, Martin and uh, Trevor sort of did a time trial up the valley to um, to, to, to make it. And um, I followed in up the rear, <laughs> so to speak. And uh, we, um, we got there with about 10 minutes to spare. Yeah, we, the cheese was excellent today. <laughs> We've been uh, trying a different kind of French cheese every day and a bit of a stab in the dark because you don't know what, quite what you're buying. Um, but it's all been really good. But today was a very creamy blues cheese that was more of a spoon onto the bread than a knife. <laughs> but really fantastic. Um, and we're eating loads and loads of food and uh, don't feel guilty about it, which is great. The master's just done some calculations and up, up to the, tonight, at the end of day eight, we've done 613 miles, which means we've done 60% of the ride. We've got 400 miles to go uh, in just over a week. So we're on target. We've got everybody's healthy so far. Legs are still working. Bikes are still running. So all's sore. good. Not too <laughs> sore. Just fighting the heat, which is the and fight and constantly drinking, which is something that uh, I'm not very good at anyway. But to, to 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 drink as much water as as we're drinking is almost unbelievable at the moment, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's been three days since our last update on our ride through France. We've uh, travelled quite a long way now, something like 800 and something miles. But day nine was a fantastic day, I thought. Probably the hardest day that I've ever done on a bike in my life. But we went from Saint-Genais to Villefort, which is about 80 miles. And uh, normally 80 miles would probably not be too daunting for most of us in the club. But we did something like 7,500 feet of climbing and in 40 degree heat, some of it, so it was extremely difficult. With luggage? With luggage on the back of the bikes. We had 2,000 metre coals to climb, and I, as we've already said, decided that I'd just come with my normal road bike with a compact <laughs> front end and a 1132 cassette on the back, and with four, 15 kilos of luggage, a huge climb up to 1,000 metre coal was not ideal. You get a so, lot of sympathy from us. No sympathy from the <laughs> other two because they made better decisions on their equipment and bought special gear and special bikes. But anyway, I've got what I've got and I'm managing with it. Yeah, the, the climbing yesterday, uh, two days ago was a bit of a shock to my sister. I've never actually done anything quite like as steep and as hard as that. We just went up and up and up for probably 10% minimum most of the time. But it was, when, it was worth it. When I got to the top, I was absolutely blinded by sweat. The uh, sun cream was running in my eyes. I couldn't actually see where I was going. Uh, Martin was flagging me down to tell me to stop, <laughs> otherwise I might have gone straight over the other side on the descent. And, um, but fantastic. We got to the top. There was a farmer cutting hay in the fields. 
and there was birds of prey sweeping round over our heads, uh, looking for any sort of rodents that might be trying to escape the uh, the, the tractor. Um, just amazing, a wonderful, wonderful weather, and we've just had a, an amazing time. Um, further later on that day, we did another two thousand, uh, sorry, thousand meter coal which I think was even harder than the second one because it was into a headwind which was blowing in our faces the whole way up and eventually we got to the divide between the, the rivers draining to the Mediterranean on one side and the Atlantic on the other and there's a sign to mark that to demarcation and actually the colour of the road changes from a sort of grey to a more of a white colour as you go into the Mediterranean side and immediately you notice that the landscape is different it's less lush uh, a lot drier and we found that up until that point when we're camping at night in the morning everything's covered in dew since we made that division and camped a couple of nights ago or two last night in fact um, everything's bone dry in the morning so it really is a completely different climate lots and lots of climbing yesterday as i said seven seven and a half thousand feet and we were looking forward to a 20-kilometre descent, but sadly uh, we were into a howling headwind on that, so we even had to pedal downhill to get to the end. But, as I say, possibly the hardest down a bike ever, but definitely one of the best. So I'm going to hand you over to Steve now, and he's going to talk about the next day, day 10. Day 10 was all about going down the Ardench uh, Gorges, which is a, a, a famous um, valley with um, lots of limestone um, sculptures. The day was 63 miles and we did another 5,766 feet of climbing. So none of the days really are that flat. And we headed out from Villefort to St Martin d'Ardèche. The, uh, the real highlight for me was actually going to the uh, Pont d'Arche which is a, a natural limestone arch which stretches right across the river at the, uh, the, the start of the gorge. And we had a picnic lunch there and went paddling in the water uh, whilst the canoes were um, going past us, heading off down, down, down the river. That was very lovely. We were then stuffed full of food and then immediately had to go into a pretty vicious climb that um, took us out of the, um, out the side of the gorge and then climbed and climbed and climbed until eventually um, we got panoramic views from the from the top. Um, once we were up to the top, we thought it'd be quite flat. Um, again, duh, no, it wasn't. The, the road winded around the, the top, giving us lots of views of the river, but um, every now and then sort of dropped um, a few tens of metres and then gave us a nice sort of seven, eight, nine percent climb again to, to get back up to the top. So I'm doing day 11 today. I was given today because it's the only day I could remember. <laughs> um, we've done from Algaziz to Saul, a nice easy 72 miles uh, with 3,000, just over 3,800 feet of climbing. So compared to the last two days, it, it was quite a breeze, but... Oh. <laughs> but it was it was very hot and um over three thousand of those feet of climbing were in the last twenty five miles. Anyway, we um started cycling along the Ardèche and then we changed on to the Rhone. We went for a very industrial area. We've got to try and work out whether it was a nuclear power station. And then we crossed the Rhone on the way to 
Chateauneuf de Pup, which is the, where the vineyards, the vineyards there is where all the Pope's wine is made. And then just around the corner, we got our first glimpse of Mont Ventoux. Oh my God, that's tomorrow's ride. <laughs> um, and that is where the climbing did start today. And we went along a wonderful gorge. Sorry, just before we got, got to the gorge, we saw our first McDonald's. Yes, <laughs> 750 miles, yeah. So, so over 750 miles into France, we found our first, found. We bumped into our first McDonald's, but uh, we drove straight past. So then we went up a gorge and we had absolutely wonderful views on this gorge. And that was probably a good 15 miles long, 30 kilometers, yeah, 15 to 20 miles and you could see all the way down the gorge you could see where the road was cut into the side of the wall went through three or four arches over bridges it was just fantastic once we got to the top um, we met a pair of wild boar which i mean they were really very really were very wild because they knew how to get food out of everybody <laughs> they even got some sweets out of myself and trevor um I think the highlight for the day was actually managing to get past Orange with, without Steve losing his way and going into the city of Orange. <laughs> um, but after the top we descended into Saul, set up camp in some very, very hard ground. I think the hardest ground we've come across, uh, regretting the pegs that I've bought. <laughs> but, um, um, and then we've come up into Saul for dinner, but another fantastic day. Mm. And as Trevor, Trevor said earlier, we're now at 825 miles mm. in, so only 175 to go. Mm. Mm. Only. But tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow Steve's making us go up on two. <laughs> so, <that laughs> so we're not moving it's forward tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Monsieur, voulez-vous des desserts? Oui, s'il vous Des desserts? Oui. Tiramisu. Tiramisu, pour moi. Tira. Okay, we haven't reported in for a few days, but um, we've uh, had uh, an interest in second half to our adventure and uh, more, a little bit more about that as we go on. We're actually sitting on the um, aeroplane flying home now where all three of us are pretty knackered but pleased that we've um, managed to make it to Nice. Anyway, we're backtracking a little bit. I'm going to tell you a little bit about our rest day which in fact um, had an optional um, ride up uh, Mont Ventoux. This, this was really, for, for me, one of the highlights of the trip and the weather was absolutely perfect. We had uh, blue skies, um, not too hot at least to start off with. The, the ride itself um, starts off in um, sort of like um, scrub trees um, but eventually you um, get up to Shallow Grenard where the, 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 the serious climbing starts just before the finish and out into the sort of limestone baked wasteland um, up to the top. Um, all went well, uh, Martin had um, headed off ahead with uh, Trevor in close pursuit. I arrived last at the top um, to discover that uh, Martin had a, a little bit of a problem with his rear brake. The spring had um, come loose and he wasn't able to use his brakes anymore. 
Um, so uh, after a little bit of discussion, it was decided that uh, Marty would uh, descend just on the front brake, which added an awful lot of interest because the uh, the front brake um, kept uh, overheating, and we had to pour water every um, every couple of miles or so down, and there was massive clouds of steam as um, as, as Martin's brake cooled down. So Martin was also um, trying to be as <laughs> trying trying to be as big as he possibly can by sticking his legs out and arms out to uh, to try and slow himself down. So um, yeah, quite quite an exciting descent and uh, and, a, and a really fantastic day. Um, you could you could just see for miles and uh, well well worth the well worth the, the ride. Yeah, it was a day thirteen. It was the day after the Mont Ventoux climb. We had, um, I think, it's about seventy miles to do to the uh, penultimate stop. Stop, and for me, that was probably one of the highlights of the whole trip. We were riding through the High Provence, um, some proper um, climbing on, on really beautiful roads, and then there was just field after field of um, lavender growing. We picked a picnic stop at the top of a hill under a tree in a field of lavender next to her and I, I took a little walk out into the lavender I couldn't hear a thing other than a loud buzzing of bees around my around my I couldn't actually see very many bees but the whole field was alive with bees and for me that was one of the highlights of the trip um, the rest of the day was just spent up and down up and down through the high Provence uh, spectacular scenery and um, I think probably the best day of the ride for me um, I thoroughly recommend doing this uh, if anyone fancies doing it in the future a, a two week trip is just about doable for for me if I, if I can do it then I think a lot of people can because uh, I don't consider myself to be very sporty but um, so, and it, it's so well organised in terms of the way the, the landscape develops that you start off fairly easy there's not that many much climbing on the first few days and it gradually gets harder and harder but then your legs come to you or it did for me and I found that you know a 20 kilometer climb which probably two weeks ago would have filled me with dread um, to just get on with it you drop into the right gear you find a rhythm and um, just enjoy the ride to the top um, obviously, I wasn't the quickest, but um, that's you know I think that's partly to do with my fitness and the, and the gearing on the bike. But thoroughly enjoyed everything, um, including the hills, which up until now I haven't really enjoyed very much. But um, yeah, great, great day, day 13, and um, it's only another couple of days till the finish. Hi, it's Martin. I'm talking about Friday, day 14 of the ride. And we rode from um, Monson Samir to Draguignan, which was an 80 mile ride, about 5,500 feet of climbing. Um, very, very interesting day. We started um, doing a 50 metre climb into town for breakfast. And once the laundry opened at 8 o'clock, we set off down the hill. And once, similar theme really, start with a downhill, round a lake, and then turn left and up, up we go. Um, 
and that was the longest climb of the holiday, bar one two, so on route was the longest one. Picked out at 1200 metres, and then we had a wonderful descent towards uh, Draguignon. And on Saturday day 15, we rode from Draguignon into Nice. Um, and that was once again, I think all we, we banned each other from saying the word wow. <laughs> I think it's the most used word on this holiday, but that was again a fantastic ride. And bumped into a group from Skedaddle um, on, the way into, on the way into Nice. We were, do, we were doing the same ride over three weeks using hotels. I'm quite surprised and impressed that we've done it in two, carrying everything. So, um, yeah, six, month, six months or so ago, when I, when I first had this idea, it seemed a bit of a pipe dream. But it was, it was great that Martin and, and Trevor um, agreed to join me on this, uh, this great adventure. We've been talking about top tips, and um, I, I think one of the top tips that probably... Um, it's, the, it's probably the most important one, I think, from my point of view, is actually... Um, choosing some people to do the, do your uh, trip with and uh, the, the company that we've had on this trip has been absolutely great. But we've all managed to get on quite well together for the whole two weeks. Um, no arguments that I know of. We've all helped each other along to, and um, made it into the fantastic experience that, 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 that we've all had. Yeah, I'll just second what Steve said. We've had a brilliant two weeks riding. We've got on really well helped each other and I think the experiences of the two travelling companions that I've been riding with have helped me become a better rider so you know, trying to just use the, the best of um, what you learn from each other so it's been a really really great experience and um, I'm just thinking about what we can do for the next one. Thanks to Trevor, Steve and Martin for their audio diary. What a great adventure. Well, to see photos from the trip, go to bigfootcc.co.uk slash podcast, where you'll also see a link to the music from Donna Boulay and her album Songs for Paris. I'm Andy Ivey. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of Cycling Life. If you'd like to leave a comment, please look for the comments section on bigfootcc.co.uk slash podcast under the relevant edition. Or you can send us a message on Twitter. It's at BigfootCC.